Good morning, USA. Hey, fam. Hey, good morning, ye. It's Friday. Yes, it is. Yes, it's Friday. Everything. Good morning, everybody. I hope you guys are ready for the weekend. I know I am. I'm heading out to North Carolina, of course, for CIAA. February and March is always crazy for me. It starts off with Super Bowl, then it goes to the Grammys, then it goes to All Star, then it goes to CIAA. You, you mean January and February? Yeah, well, the end of February, last weekend in January and in February and then into March. Those are always like my craziest weekends. Yeah, for me it is too because my birthday's in January mm-hmm. and then, you know, I do my birthday all month. Right. And, yeah, you know, All-Star, you got, yeah, Grammys, all of that. Plus, it's also Black History Month. Yes. This month, and then next month is Women's History Month. Okay. So, for me, these two months are always amazing, and I end up doing a lot of corporate things. Yeah. During both of these months. But I love these months, too, because between this and homecoming season is when I can really touch the people and get out there and see people. Yeah, you can't go around touching people. You know what I mean. And really talk to people, and, and, and that really excites me. I love seeing people, especially... CIAA is so many different people from so many different places and just get to see everybody and I love Charlotte this is the last year CIAA is going to be in Charlotte so uh, I'm going to miss it in Charlotte but and that's it's going I'm, to Baltimore right? Yeah Baltimore I don't know if Baltimore is necessarily ready you know with they all, have time to get ready yeah they got time to get ready so I'm excited about that um what about you? You heading out to North Carolina this weekend? Are you coming out? Yes, I'll be in Charlotte as well. Mm-hmm. So I will see you there. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I had a Yesterday was a pretty amazing day. So, you know, feels good. Today's payday. Yeah, today so that's is always payday. nice. Yeah, now we have some special guests. I love guests. a payday on a Friday. It's always good. Now we got some special guests Just joining us this weekend. Uh, I mean, this Friday week. Night. Stop it. Today, <laughs> Susie Orman will be joining us this morning. Oh, speaking of money. Yes, Susie Orman, she has a new book out. That's number one on Amazon already. That's right. She always talks about investing and making sure you have money when you retire. So we're going to be talking to Susie Orman. And then G Herbo will be joining us. Chicago's Chicago's own. That's right. He has an album that's coming out today, so we'll kick it with G He had a show in Brooklyn last night at Brooklyn Steel. Mm -hmm. Him and King Vaughn. King Vaughn was there, too. Yeah, and I always talk about Chicago real estate. Chicago real estate is growing. If you're looking for real estate that's... Not too expensive, but it's. I feel it's in that market that's about to really, really go. They're building the Obama Library. You have the Tiger Woods Golf Course. There's uh, right on the water. There's so much property over there. Chicago's a place to look at. Chicago's expensive already. I'm actually, I was helping somebody I know who's moving there. We were looking at places together. Mm-hmm. It was pretty pricey, depending yeah. on what neighborhood you want to be in. Depending but if you want to be in that, it's expensive. Yeah, you got you to gotta go in a neighborhood where it's just about to change. Those are the neighborhoods that uh, you, you could probably get a great deal. But let's get the show cracking. Front page news, what are we talking about? Well, let's talk about Bloomberg. We got some Bloomberg stories for you, and we'll tell you why the Central Park Five is ripping Bloomberg, right. saying don't be bamboozled. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where we start with Yee? 
Uh, well, let's start with Central Park Five. One of the members of the Central Park Five is ripping former Mayor Bloomberg. Now, he said, we all might vote for a different candidate, but I'm sure any other Democrat will be better than Michael Bloomberg. Kevin Richardson was one of the five teens who was wrongly convicted in the attack of 28-year-old jogger Trisha Maile back in 1989. He said, it wasn't about the lawsuit. It was about getting our life back. At the end of the day, no amount of money could equal what we endured. So what happened was, with Michael Bloomberg, they tried to get money from the city after it was revealed that they were not the ones who attacked uh, this woman. But unfortunately, Bloomberg kept blocking that. He opposed striking a deal with the men for more than a decade. The only reason they got their money was because that stance was reversed by Mayor Bill de Blasio. So that's the only reason they got their money. They said, don't let these ads get to you. Don't be bamboozled by this. We know personally who Michael Bloomberg is, and I'm here to step forward and let you know it's time to vote. It's time for our voices to be heard. Now, in response to this, the Bloomberg campaign did issue a statement. It did not directly address what he did during this case, but He said, Mike will continue the dialogue he is having across the country on issues important to the black and Latino community. Yeah, you know, see, what what Bloomberg does is he goes around the country and he goes to areas that's New York's, that's not New York City. He doesn't want to talk to New Yorkers that's been affected by a lot of the things that he's done. Of course, we all know stop and frisk, and then all of a sudden he's so into stop and frisk, and then right when he's about to run, he goes to a church and says, oh, I'm sorry. No, you're not sorry. Mm -hmm. You're running, and that's the reason why. Then let's talk about the fact that he ran a dictatorship. He's the only mayor that says, you know what, I'm going to change the rules. You're only supposed to be a mayor for two terms, but I'm going to make it three terms just because I can do that. That's that's something that hasn't been done, but he did it because he's a dictatorship. When it came to nightclubs and anything urban in New York City, if it was a club, a party, a lounge, and it had to do with any urban, he shut it down. To the point where clubs did not want to do anything urban. So it's cool for Bloomberg to go around the country and talk to anybody, everybody that doesn't know him, but he has to come back to New Yorkers and talk to what he's done to New Yorkers. Oh, here's the thing. I mean, even with the the, the brother from the Central Park Five, he's right. He's 100% right. The stop and frisk legislation was one of the most racist policies in the history of America. But I don't agree that any other Democrat is better than Bloomberg because the 94 crime bill which Joe Biden wrote and Bernie voted for, was worse than stopping Fritz. And that was a national policy. Yeah, I think Bloomberg was was a lot worse to our people as a person. What did he the 94 did crime specifically bill? Specifically in New York, for New York. The 94 crime bill was national. Right, mm-hmm. it was national. But what Bloomberg did is <laughs> people still in jail do, now because of the 94 crime and bill. And they've apologized for that. Bloomberg only apologized really no. because he wants to be president. No, I, I, Joe honestly, Biden has never apologized well, I'm for I'm not talking about Joe Biden. Joe Biden was just on the debate stage, on the town hall stage. I'm not even talking make, about oh. Joe Biden. Joe oh, Biden doesn't okay. even want to come on the show because he wants to send his surrogate. So I don't even take Joe Biden series, exactly. and I definitely don't take Michael Bloomberg serious. He, he, he should come on the show and discuss uh, what he's done the, in New the, York and answer the, some of those questions. The only, the only reason I, I even consider Mike Bloomberg is because of his Greenwood initiative, because to me, the best apology is not only change behavior, but it's a black agenda, because the same you know, way you implemented a legislation that oppressed and marginalized black people, you have to implement something that can help and uplift It black doesn't people. seem from the heart, though. It seems because he wants to run for, for president. All, and of that them, just, all of them are like that. That just tells me Except that Bernie. when he comes to when, if he ever becomes a president he doesn't really mean it he's well, just you know, saying things to become president I think it's just All, important to is. hold everybody accountable you can say anything and yes. you can have an initiative but are you really going to do it like if you don't win are you still on that team and if you do win is it really going to happen I think well, people could tell you anything I think he said things that, that showed he really doesn't care about minorities and, right. and definitely black people well that Biden is Biden too your front page definitely Biden have you ever heard Biden on the Senate floor and he said I don't give a damn about the environment that created these predators 
All I care about is protecting people that look like my mom, but my, you, my sister. But did you ever hear me say I like Biden? I don't like Biden. Oh, either. okay. I'm just making sure. Oh, no. So, I don't, so, so I don't like saying, Biden and I don't like Bloomberg. I, don't, I, I just don't think they okay. are for that's our it. people, for minorities, for our type of communities. I don't like them either. So you, you can't say, well, what about Biden? I don't like Biden either. That's good. But, but you know, that's all I'm saying. And the fact keep the that same Biden, energy with everybody all and across the board. And the fact that Biden don't even want to come up here and talk about it. Oh, I'll send my surrogate. F you and your surrogate. That's just I, how I, I feel. Leave the surrogate out of this. No. Don't F him. F him and the surrogate. Leave them out of it. No, because guess what? A lot of those black surrogates that's around uh, Biden right now, they gonna, when this is over, they're going to still have things to promote, like books and whatever else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we're going to keep that same energy with them that they uh, kept with Biden. Because we got it on good authority that some of the black surrogates around Biden is like, no, you're not going to do the breakfast. Bloomberg will throw all that money around all he wants, but it doesn't stop what he's done to New Yorkers and especially the, the black and brown community. Now, I will say, once again, with his Greenwood initiative, though, if he wants to, <laughs> if he wants to create 100,000 new black uh, businesses... If he wants to uh, create a million new black homeowners, if he want, if he really does want to invest $70 billion in a, a hundred of the most poor and disenfranchised areas, you got to look at that as a black person. He can I start can, doing that now. I can, he can he, say and that. He, and he, he can said, start doing that And he now. said that all the time. He said, yeah. I'm already doing that. He, can he, say, say. He, said, he said, whether I become president or not, I'm already doing that. I'm going to continue to do but that. But what else is he supposed to say? <laughs> all right, know. well, that is what your... What are supposed to do? You guys, that is your front page news. All right. Biden hasn't said none of that. But what I'm saying. Sounds like you're supporting Bloomberg he's now. Not even I'm, supporting I'm Bloomberg. just wondering. I'm no, just asking questions. He's not even That's in this conversation. Biden ain't even in this conversation. But anyway, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. Maybe you had a bad night, bad morning. Or maybe you're happy the weekend is here, man. 800-585-1051. Get it off your chest. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on the Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hey, how you doing? I'm Donnell. Hey, Donnell. Good morning. All right. Um, the thing about Bloomberg with the uh, stop and frisk. Yes, sir. It, it wasn't all that bad, you know. Oh lord, oh, now we're wow. not gonna do that. Now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go York, ahead. New York. Let me let me talk. Okay. New York was a was a battlefield, man. It was. There was many people. There was many people carrying guns and knives when the uh, when they implemented mm -hmm. that law. It, it stopped people from carrying the guns because they were scared to bring them out. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, it, it's. I, I believe it saved a lot of lives because um, everybody was scared to carry the guns because they were scared to get. But what about all the people who weren't doing anything wrong that got stopped? And they said about five million you know people, and most of them were black and Latino men, and actually just targeting those neighborhoods. Imagine you're going to work, minding your business, and they're allowed to just okay. stop you and frisk you. Imagine you're just a teenager going to school, and they throw you up against the wall and search you. You don't think that that has an effect on people? Well, I've been the for no reason three times. Now, Darnell, I'm, see, I'm a black male, and I've, I've been the victim of it for three times. But you know what? If you're not doing anything wrong, now, that is not true. Oh my none, god, none, 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 none of that is true, Darnell. Now, see, I, see, Darnell, I understand what you're saying, right? Yes, and, and you are absolutely right. It, if if you had a gun and you were doing something illegal, it made you think twice about carrying your gun, right? Absolutely, you're absolutely right. If you if you if there was a possibility that you was gonna get thrown on the wall and you had something illegal, it made you think twice. And I believe and I thought just like you. But then you got to think about the other side, the young man that's going to school that might have a little weed in his pocket at the time. Now he gets pulled over. Now he has a record for no reason. And you can say, well, he shouldn't have did it, but that's not right to get pulled over or get thrown against the wall and have a little weed. And now you have a record. And let's now be clear, white people now were not getting. And white people might have had a little weed and did not get stopped and that's in the, And that's the thing. 
thing. It, they targeted our communities. At first, I looked at it just like you, but you'd have to open up the whole thing. They didn't target Midtown Manhattan. It wasn't target, equal stop and frisk right, all right. across they the board. Downtown Brooklyn, Southside Jamaica, Queens, Harlem, in areas where we live, not areas where everybody White lives. people walking past you with a gun and some weed. You said, by the way, by the way, by the like way, first by the way, looked at one side, but you got to look at the whole by, thing. By the way, Darnell, it's, 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 by the way, also, it's pointless to, uh, you know, try to defend Stop and Frisk because Mike Bloomberg don't defend Stop and Frisk. Mike Bloomberg said Stop and Frisk was a mistake. So like, like right. Only when he was running for president. Though. It still don't matter. No matter when you admit the mistake, the mistake is the mistake. He admits so it's a mistake. Yeah. Um, do you think do you think the whole stop and frisk was racist or was it the police? That's what they were they were told they were told combination of both. They were told to stop if black and brown people. Com- combination of both. If you if you let a, if you let somebody who's already racist have have racist policies and legislation at their disposal, they're going to abuse it. Yeah, Bloomberg even said, yeah, we have to st- start uh, stop frisking more black people and less white people. He said that clearly. But you have a nice day. You, I hope you understand him now. I do. Thank it took you. me some time to understand it, but I got it. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hey, yo, Anthony, what's up? How you doing? It's John. Hey, John. What's going on, John? All right, good morning. Two kings and a queen. How y'all doing today? Peace, king. Good morning. I've been trying to reach out for the last couple of days to come out. Uh, These dirty politicians, I ain't going to even call them Democrats or Republicans, just dirty politicians to me. Uh, I just want to say, with regards to all these promises they don't never plan on keeping, Mm -hmm. is there any way we could just call these people on this and, and have them start implementing some stuff while they're campaigning, like Andrew Yang was even offering a thousand dollars per family and he had already started something like that before he dropped out the race so i think we should hold him accountable right now before it's time to go to the polls and then we can make something like that happen i think we get a better chance of saying what what, what people really gonna stand behind and what they're trying to sell us so I, mean, I mean the ones who have the means are already doing it you know what i'm saying that's why you gotta you do have to look at people's records especially in the senate what have they done you know what legislations have they tried to pass for black and brown people but yeah, I mean, even when you look at somebody like Bloomberg, yes, he's donated $350 million to 200-plus inner cities throughout the country. He has done the Young Men's Initiative, which, you know, uplifts black and brown uh, young men. So, I mean, I don't know. You just got to do your research. But then, I, I know, it is sad, though, to see Kevin Richardson talking about how he blocked them for 10 years. The only reason they got a settlement from the city was because of Bill de Blasio becoming mayor. Absolutely. Just like I'm sure somebody sitting in the That's jail awful. cell right now that was affected by Joe Biden's 94 crime bill. That's like, God damn, y'all, this is what y'all voting for? I don't know why we compare them. I just don't like them all. Like I, you got it, it, to. They all, they all. I don't. I, I, we got to compare because they're my choices. Yeah, but you know, I mean, we know Biden's effed up, and we know Bloomberg's effed up. Hello, who's this? Hey, what's up? My name is Trey. Trey, what up? Get it off your chest, bro. Yeah, man. Um, I, one of the things that really get me, and, cause you know, I just recently got out of a relationship after three years, is just how inconsistent men tend to be. I mean, I date other men. But I feel like women can tend to be, you know, inconsistent too. But like, it really and truly kills me. No one takes back. No one likes to go out on dates. Everyone just wants to sleep around. Like, Aww. I am really tired and I'm over it, man. You That's said crazy. everyone wants to do that? Not everyone. Well, all the men. It seems dated. like the people that you are connecting with. Where you finding these men at? Yeah, I'm going to be honest. And Andy sound like you bisexual. If you bisexual and you ain't got no options, it's you. <laughs> no, like, uh, I legit just moved down to Jacksonville, down here in Florida. And, like, I don't know, like, it's, it's just different. Than, like, well, where Florida are you, where are you meeting people? 
Well, I, I mean, uh, some people on Grinder, honestly. You know, well, I what do you think you're gonna get on Grinder? What's wrong with Grinder? I mean, it's called Grinder. They just want to have sex. Three years out of Grinder, oh, believe it or not. And I oh. mean, just living into like today's digital age, I really feel like you know that's how people are really connecting now. Well, maybe you get off Grinder. Maybe uh, Christian <laughs> Mingle. <laughs> Christian Mingle. Okay. Well, are you I'm bisexual? You bisexual, right? No, I'm No, he said gay. he's gay. Oh, I thought he said that he deals with girls too, but they don't call him back. We we know we got a gay friend up here. How do you look? I mean, I think I'm pretty handsome. <laughs> you should try our friend Trav. Trav is single. Holla at him. Is AKA twin? Is that his thingy? I don't like how you be hoeing Trav out, man. You know, you should try. I'm going to be honest. You should try. The only gay man you know? You should try. You should try Bumble. Yeah, well, I mean, that was all I really just had. Oh, another thing, just as far as this election, um, we just need to vote for a candidate with a black agenda and a, a candidate that supports reparations for American descendants of slavery. That's the only thing I'm going to say, and I'm going to end on that. Yeah, I see. That's, that's, that's a mixed right, bag, too. Because you got a few people with a black agenda, and you got one guy that's rep, uh, supporting reparations, and that's Tom Steyer. You really voting for Tom Steyer? Come on, guys. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello, who's this? This is Tate Clowns in Georgetown. What's going on, Envy? What's up, bro? Get it off your chest. Hey, hey. Good morning, man. Breakfast Club is calling to say, man, happy Black History Month. And it's the last day, man. Congratulate myself. Young, young business owner, man. I like to invite y'all to my restaurant in Georgetown. And Good. also, like to congratulate South Carolina. I mean, Charlamagne the God for putting on for South Carolina, man. You know, he's like our Barack Obama, man. Really look up to you out here in the South, man. Well, I so appreciate you, King. Thank you, my you brother. All right, man. I'm gonna get at you, man. You ain't get back at me yet, man. You know this funny jerk stuff, bro. Well, I don't know what you want me to do. You you read my letter. I read your letter. Yeah, about the jerk sauce. I got the jerk sauce. I haven't used it yet, but yeah. I got some. I got a couple bottles. I need your help, bro. Because right now, like in your book, man, I got bring myself around me and so I can stand next level to meet my family. I'm a, I'm a, I, 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 if I, I wouldn't know where to start when it comes to jerk sauce, my brother. That's just not my area of Well, let him try it first. Let him try it and then let him love it. Because he might not like it. He might, it might not be for him. Only thing I can do is shout it out. Shout, shout out to jerk sauce, man. Tell everybody what it's called. It's called Honey Jerk Sauce. I'm the creator, man. I got two, two sauces I created, man. Honey Jerk Sauce, Honey Jerk Thick, man. I'm the creator from uh, South Carolina. Taste Lines, Joy Size, my restaurant. But Charlamagne, I'm going to need your help with when it comes to writing my book, man. And I got other things coming along, man, like reality TV shows. A lot of things I'm going to need help with, bro. You know what I'm saying? Not just the jerk sauce, man. You know what I'm saying? Hold on. Why don't you give me a number, Charlotte? I'm not committing to none of that. Why don't you give but, me a number? No, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not one of these people that make false promises. I'm not committing to that. But I, you, you know, you my guy. I will, I'll be monitoring everything you do, my brother. Good luck. Get it off your Jesus chest. Christ. I don't like the way you say good luck and hang up on me. I said good luck. <laughs> my God. I, I was offering to give me a number. You said no. So I just said good luck. We'll pray for you. 800-585-1051. Get it off your chest. Yee, we got rumors on the way? Yes, let's talk about a juror for Harvey Weinstein who is getting death threats. We'll tell you more about that. Also, Jordan Pill, that trailer is out. The first trailer for Candyman. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. So one of the jurors who found Harvey Weinstein guilty has been getting all kinds of threats after she spoke out about the verdict. She got threats on social media and through emails saying that she's a snitch. How could she do that? According to her younger sister, now the anonymous juror has now deactivated all of her social media accounts and has left her apartment, which was in Harlem, after giving a TV interview to Inside Edition and left three days ago. She's been refusing calls from everybody, even her own boyfriend, 
while she's in hiding, waiting for a reaction to the verdict, for all of that to calm down. Well, people usually get crucified for doing the right thing, but for uh, every threat she gets, all she has to do is reply back, Harvey, I know this is you. You think that's all it is? People are crazy, though. Like, you're that going that hard for Harvey Weinstein, somebody you don't even know, most likely. People are crazy. Like threatening a juror who was doing her job, being on a jury, and she found him People guilty. People get crucified for doing the right thing all the time. <laughs> that's what happens in those cases. All right, now let's talk about T. Grizzly, Royce to 5'9", Eminem, this whole... Uh, I don't know if it's a misunderstanding, but a lot of incidents that happen now. Royce was on The Breakfast Club, and he talked about T. Grizzly and Eminem collaboration that never happened. You expressed concern for T. Grizzly on that. I feel like a lot of the young guys, they lack the information. And I'm one of the people who ha I have some of that information. The reason why I say that is because he took a shot at him on a record. Prior to him doing that, Marshall approached me about T. Grizzly. And he was like, yo, do you think you think I should jump on a, on a record with him? You think I should put him on a record? I said, yes, but I think you should wait just a little bit until he gets maybe one more of those records, just so they don't give you the credit for him taking off. I want him to have all of his credit. You know what I'm saying? So he was like, you're right, all right, so we'll just wait. And then he came out with the diss. Mm -hmm. And then Marshall called me like, what the f***? You know what I'm saying? Like He was like, he just burned the bridge and he ain't even know he had. Well, what was that diss? This is T Grizzly's No Talking. Had to go with dog, he feminine. I run Detroit so you can talk about Eminem. Talking that shit, I kill you, him, him. I made an M down, I made an M again, slow down. That wasn't that bad. I don't think so. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. Mm -hmm. You know, but um, yeah, so that's what happened. Now, here is what T Grizzly has had to say on social media after that. So I see Royce the Fine Nine on Breakfast Club saying Eminem said, I burnt a bridge that I ain't know I had when I um, supposedly dissed him. Now, let me ask you this What's the use of having a bridge if you don't know you got it? What's the use of having soldiers if you can't use them, B? Mm. Now he goes on to say that he did not understand that. And one more thing, one last thing before I go. So, Royce, Eminem came to you and said, should I do a song with T? And you said no. Bro, what type of shit is that, bro? You told this to wait. If anything, that's going to help both of us. That's going to make him look like a big homie in the city. And that's going to give me some more pull in this industry. You know what I'm saying? Where a like me got one foot in, one foot out the trenches, bro. We need that type of Bro. If somebody be come to me and say, should they do a song with one of my n***a, be like, yeah, turn him up. That's going to make all of us look good, bro. Well, I don't know what type of move that was. You pulled. He didn't say not to do it, though. He just said to wait. I can, see, wait. I, I, I can see both sides, though. I see why Roy said what he said and why he told him to wait. But I also see why T, T. Grizzly yeah, feels... Yeah, you had that feels, opportunity. But, but no, I see why, T, I see why T, T Grizzly feels that way. Like, why wait? I'm a new artist. Let me get that feature. Imagine if Dr. Dre would have said, I'm going to wait until M gets hot to give him a beat when M was new. Yeah, but he signed him. It's a little different. It still don't matter. Yeah, it's a little different. It, it, that's my money now, because now that's my investment. It, it, it still don't matter, though. You can still sign somebody and let somebody else work with them. Nah, nah. I like T Grizzly, but I, I get what Royce was saying. It's like if, if every artist that came out of New York, Jay did a record with. Nah, we wait till you get to a certain stature, you get you get yourself a little hotter, and then yeah, yeah I got you all day long. We've seen that not work for people too, like with Drake and the um, <laughs> like. There's been times when Drake done put a stamp on something, and then yeah, but when you're a new artist and you get that stamp from somebody established, mm -hmm. it does propel you. It helps. It does. It helps. Help Eminem with Dr. Dre definitely helped Fifty when M and Dre stamped. Those are all different because well, they signed them. I also don't. I also them. don't think that he said it wouldn't help him. He was just saying that he didn't.
Eminem wanted to seem like Eminem put him on. That's okay. what he was really saying. Drake stamping McConan. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, I guess McConan was signed to Drake, too. Either way, a right. stamp from a new artist, I mean, a stamp from an established artist helps. It does help. So I understand what T. Grizzly was saying. I understand both sides. Yeah, I see, I get, I get I see both why sides Royce, too. Royce said the wait, but I also see why T. Grizzly was like, damn, why can't I get yeah, that? Yeah, because I'm Grizzly. I'm mad, too. I'm like, man, I'm from the city. My record's popping. Help me. Uh, help me now. Yeah, I get it, too. Why wait? Well, T. Grizzly said, make it eight mile part two and put me in it and we can squash this ish. A, Eminem, and Royce the 59. F with y'all, man. It's all love. That's good. It's just a little Detroit misunderstanding. They'll figure that and out. And Grizzly a good dude, too. I like Grizzly. All right, now let's skip ahead to Jordan Peele. The trailer for the 1992 Candyman classic, Reimagined, is out. You know I can't wait to go see that. And here's a snippet of that for you. He's the monster that's part of this neighborhood. Why are you drawn to this? I'm hoping to spread the story all about Candyman. The mirror invites you to summon him. You should say his name. I dare you. I cannot wait. Yeah, you're on your own. You yeah. know I'm going to see that. Like, I hope I get invited to the screening so I can nope. make it happen. But, yes. Beep, I, don't, beep, I, don't, beep, I don't pay people to scare me. You know I don't what I'm like scary I'm not going to be seeing that. I, I don't, the only reason I even like Jordan Peele's horror because it's always rooted in some type of deeper societal issue. What societal issue could Candyman be about? Nope. You ever watched the original Candyman? No. Nope. Was it going to be about climate the, change this time? The, no, the, the bees Cab- are dying? And- it was in the Cabrini <laughs> Green Projects in Chicago. That's already a horror movie. What else? <laughs> <laughs> what else? I got to go back because that was in 92. So I got to I gotta look at it again now nope. and see because when I I'm watched good. it, I was just watching it. Well, you, you know, as listen, a, you set the, as a kid. The, you set the environment. Caprini Breen Projects in Chicago. I'm terrified already. <laughs> Where's the new one? Pink Houses in Brooklyn? Where's the next one? <laughs> and did you know the, the original? The last projects in Brooklyn not to be drenched or fall. Now, somebody, somebody in here was talking about this movie, the original, right? And he said that the star of the movie, who's the director also, uh, actually said he used hypnosis to get a, a deeper performance from uh, the woman Virginia Matson that's in the movie and said he got a thousand dollar bonus for every bee sting. So there was a scene where there were all these bees all over him and I guess he got a thousand dollars for each bee sting. That's amazing. I couldn't even tell you because I ain't watched it. Somebody should flip that whole concept and let Ooh. the actual horror be gentrification. What's scaring the, the, the brothers and sisters in the projects is all the white people moving in. The Starbucks and all foods popping up. That's what's scaring the black and brown people now. <laughs> That's real hard. Gentrification and displacement is real hard. He got now. stung 23 times, by the way, by bees. Okay. Thank God he wasn't allergic. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right, thank you, Missy. Front page news, what are we talking about? Uh, we are going to talk about coronavirus. Now, they do have a patient, the first one in the United States with unknown origin of coronavirus. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yee? Well, let's start with coronavirus. This is alarming. Now, the California patient tested positive for the coronavirus mm-hmm. days after being hospitalized. That patient is a woman who was in serious condition, and they said they don't even know where she got it. So it's an unknown origin of coronavirus. That's the first one of those cases here in the United States of the 60 confirmed cases. 42 of them were passengers on the Diamond Princess cruise ship that docked in Japan after an outbreak in quarantine. Three were coming from Wuhan, China, and 14 were patients who had recently been to China or were the spouses of somebody who had returned from China. So now they're saying this is alarming because this is the first instance of community spread of the virus. Correct. Is that, the, is that story about the Corona Brewer losing $170 million in sales since the outbreak of the coronavirus true? Well, they did it, say sales are down about 38%. 
per I'm corona. Saying, is it true? I don't know about that particular one, but sales of Corona, the drink, are down 38%. Well, that makes perfect sense to me if it is true because because it sucks that it has to be named after a beer everyone loves. Like, why can't it be named after natural light or something? And I think they named it coronavirus on purpose because eventually Trump is going to find a way to blame this on Mexico. <laughs> Oh All right, well, the Dow has tumbled almost 1,200 points, and that is the worst single-day point drop in the history of the Dow. It's so getting nasty. In its 124-year history, that is the worst point drop ever. Maybe so. that's how it is, yo. Maybe this is it for us. Yeah, Maybe I, I, I would hope not. Well, people are, they, they're saying that they think people are going to start pulling their money out. Uh, because the Dow's dropping, and, you know, people are very scared about coronavirus. There's nothing you can do. The, those masks that people are charging you $20, $30, $40 for, they don't work, so stop buying those masks. If, if it's, honestly, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. I, that sounds like a pick at this point. What? You, you to, know what's interesting? You can't, you uh, can't my, my makeup artist, I just said that. My makeup artist, Sandra Dean, said that at her friend's job, they actually have done coronavirus um, training. What the hell like, is that? Stop dropping rolls. I don't know. <laughs> you hide under the desk. You know what I'm saying? What, what the hell, hell you is stop coronavirus? That's what I said. So she said what they do is they tell you like to wash your hands for 20 seconds. They teach you the right way oh, to God. use the hand What's sanitizer. I don't know. You should, know to wash, you should know to wash your hands. And then they said when you go home to spray your clothes with Lysol when you come in the house. You might as well get Smokey to bed a point and say, only you can prevent coronavirus. <laughs> so that's on, uh, what I guess some people are doing. That's funny. <laughs> now, Donald Trump has also put uh, Vice President Mike Pence in charge of the U.S. government response to coronavirus. That's right. We're going to pray it away the way he thinks you can pray gay away. Uh, so according to Donald Trump, he's saying that uh, the virus contains uh, poses a very low risk to Americans. FYI, y'all niggas ain't no better, too, because I saw y'all saying yesterday that uh, no black person can die of coronavirus because of the melanin and the, the, the blood. I was like, what? That was hot for a hot second. For a hot second, <laughs> I was like, that's I dope. That's dope. That. I, I knew it was alive. I said, <laughs> I'm like, where y'all getting this I from? I said, that's hot, like, though. That's hot. Man. Play around if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Play around if you want what? Oh, you mean like, you, yeah, yeah, you still catch you it. Like, get why it. Would you? Whatever, man. All right, and a serious XM uh, top executive has been quarantined too over a coronavirus scare to help prevent the spread of the virus. So, according what to, executive? Uh, her name is Sally McMahon. She held a uh, meeting with her team, and they said some of the attendees had recently traveled through Japan, which was also heavily struck by the virus. So, because of that, they want to be cautious, and they have quarantined her. Where she based that? I, I, LA or New York? I'm not sure which office. If it's New York, don't shake Sway hand if you see Sway in the street. <laughs> don't shake nobody at Shane 45 hand. Don't shake such a Sway. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. And that is front page news. When we come back, G Herbo will be joining us. We'll kick it with G Herbo, Chicago's own. He has a new project out today. So don't move. PTSD. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Yes, indeed. Giorbo. What's up? What's up, y'all? What's up, good brother? What's up, bro? How you feeling? Man? You look good, man. Thank you, thank you, man. I feel good, man. New album out, PTSD. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited, man. What's the significance of the title? I know you got clinically diagnosed with PTSD, but yeah. Um, the significance of the album is to bring people into, you know what I'm saying, not only my world, but to to shed light on something that's a serious problem out here. You know, where I come from, and I'm sure is, I mean, I'm I'm positive is so many other uh, neighborhoods all across the country that are similar to mine, where these kids are really suffering from mental health illnesses and don't even know it, because I was once one of them. Right. How did that make you feel? You know, I was looking at All-Star, and, you know, everybody glorified All-Star. They were downtown, spending so much money. Mm -hmm. But there's so many 
people that still hurt on the outer skirts. Oh, yeah. of that. How, how was that for you watching it? Um, I enjoyed my All Star Weekend, but I was actually still going out to the high schools. Like I was when I'm in Chicago, I go to the juvenile facilities and I go to high schools and I go to these, you know, what I'm saying, youth centers or whatever such to really give back to my people and let them see me. You know, mm -hmm. what I'm saying, because they need that. So I don't really like. I don't really pay attention to what everybody else is doing. I mm -hmm. just try to make sure I'm doing the right thing, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, a lot of people really, you know, they glorify the stuff that's, you know what I'm saying, don't really mean and the, the stuff that's fabricated in a way. But it's like, you know, the stuff that really is important, we overlook it. How many celebrities got robbed in Chicago All-Star Weekend? Uh, I heard, I don't know. I heard a couple people probably <laughs> get, got robbed, man. I heard some crazy stuff, man. I Nobody called you yet? Hey, nah. Herbal, can you help me get this nah, back? No, man. I would have helped them, though. Whoever would have called me, I probably could have made something happen for them, like man. like three or four. Like three or four. <laughs> yeah, I heard oh, about gosh. a couple people getting robbed. So you don't, you, 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 I know you don't live in Chicago, but you, is that because of the PTSD and nah, the trauma? No, nah, I, I only left Chicago so I could focus on what I need to do and really, you know what I'm saying, accomplish my goals so mm -hmm. I could go back to Chicago. Right. I'm going back to Chicago. I'm giving back, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We, uh, I, uh, we, I'm a partner in the school. Me and my partners, we own a school in Chicago. Oh, word. Yeah, we, we bought one of the 50 CPS schools that got closed down. We bought it cash. Mm -hmm. wow. So, um, you know, I'm really just in L.A. just focused because I'm a fly on the wall, I feel like, out there. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like, it's not really a crab in a barrel mentality. I could go from the studio home and focus, you know what I'm saying, take my son to Disneyland if I want to, you know. But I really got, like, three to five years playing in L.A. I'm going back home. Has this opened up conversations with you and some of your friends in Chicago, like other artists, about PTSD when you decided to name the album that and then you and the people around you, did y'all mm -hmm. have discussions like, you know, this is how I found out because you did find out through a therapy yeah. that you were suffering from PTSD. Is this a conversation? Yeah, I talk to Chance all mm -hmm. the time. You know what I'm saying? Me and Chance, we be doing stuff. Well, I, I, I done already like gave back to his mental health organization. We gonna partner because I'm doing my own organization where I'm focusing on mental health also, you know what I'm saying? And I be talking to, you know, my peers like Dirk and stuff like that just about the stuff that I've been through, the stuff that he's been through and how they both align with each other, you know what I'm saying? Because we've had so we face so much trauma, we take in so much trauma where we come from, we get normalized bad, you know what I'm saying? How did you come to the realization that what you were experiencing wasn't normal? Like I know you saw your first murder at nine, I think yeah. I read, and you got shot at sixteen. When did you realize, man, this shit ain't normal? I gotta um, some help. It's been in the past maybe two years or something like that, you know what I'm saying? Because I got a strong mind, bro. So when I was going through a lot of the stuff that I'm going through, we, like I said, we felt like it was normal. I felt like, all right, I'm going through this for a reason. I could get through it, you know what I'm saying? My my will in the streets was always know what I'm up against, and that's how I got home, you know what I'm saying? And like I just said before you asked that question, just really comparing the contrast to two, I seen my first murder at eight years old. I got shot at 16 years old. Mm. Imagine if I was eight years old and I grew up in Schaumburg or I grew up in a whole nother suburb, you know what I'm saying? I never went to therapy after I seen my first murder. Kids mm -hmm. go to therapy after their parents get divorced. Right. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Uh, I didn't go talk to nobody after I got shot. I came right back outside after I was shot with a gun on my waist again. Damn. You know, when, when you talk about therapy, what... What made it okay to go to therapy? Because back then, I mean, growing up, therapy was never cool. Yeah, it was nothing, it nothing you ever thought about ever. I, I didn't you had to think, go. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think that it was cool, to be honest. When I went, I wasn't interested in going. It was actually like my lawyer kind of referred for me to go, and it was kind of like part of my conditions while I was, you know what I'm saying, with my case. Right. I wasn't yeah. even on probation. I was just fighting my case. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got arrested for guns back in um, February of 2018, and it was really never a matter of 
me having guns or not is why do you have these guns? I need these guns to protect myself. I'm a somebody in Chicago, rather I, me having this stardom. I was a somebody when I was 16 years old. People knew me. People been trying to kill me probably since I was 15 years old. So I was normalized back because it was my reality, but... Mm -hmm. Um, it's not normal. It's not normal. So when I was explaining it to like my lawyer and stuff like that, uh, so she told me like she set it up like go and I went to go see the therapist and I didn't even think like well, I'm not finna go talk to no therapist or I didn't even think that you could talk to somebody and they could help you because they don't even relate to what you got going on. She come from a my my therapist is a 30 some year old white lady, so I'm not thinking that she's gonna be able to you know what I'm saying relate to me. But it was good for me to talk to her mm -hmm. because she don't relate. Exactly. That's that's you know it's so funny. When I first was looking for a therapist, I wanted a uh, I wanted somebody that didn't have none of my biases, yeah. none of my prejudices, nothing. So I was actually looking for an Asian woman. Yeah. But that was very hard. To right. Find. Right. So right. I ended up with this white woman, and yeah. she, it's good because the things we think are normal. Yeah. When you talking to her, she like I was telling her some that I've been through, bro, and she thought I was on a movie. Like what? She thought I was explaining <laughs> real live movie stuff to her. Mm -hmm. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I can tell by the way your skin glowing that therapy is working. For you. When, <laughs> when did it start Good to looking, kick in? Man. Um, I don't know. One session turned into five. Five mm -hmm. turned into ten. You know what I'm saying? Like me and my therapist close now. We laugh. We joke. Mm -hmm. Um, you go I, once a week. I go once a week. Yeah, yeah. I go, I go, I go once a week, and then when I'm traveling, I go right back to Chicago just for therapy sessions. Like, that's dope. oh, the therapy's in Chicago, so you gotta yeah. go to Chicago. I go to Chicago for therapy. Wow. Now, what about the album cover? Because we um, see the flag and we see the faces of the people on the flag, and you said it's the 50 stars yeah. that represent something for you. Mm -hmm. So, what is that representing? Um, 50 friends that died. Yeah, right? 50 of 50 of not just people from Chicago, 50 of my close friends, 50 people that I grew up with, 50 of my friends, fathers, 50 of my friends, mothers, aunties, little sisters, brothers, uncles, you know what I'm saying? I wanted to bring people into my reality because people go to war. You actually volunteer to go to war and you may see one or two people die and they have you come back and go do all of this stuff. But we really, like, involuntarily was set up for war, you know what I'm saying, for these obstacles and everything that we had to, you know what I'm saying, endure. So it was important for me to really bring people into that. I'm 24 years old. I really know more than 50 people did. It's not just 50 people. It's 50 stars. 24 years old. I don't know. I don't. I know I don't have 50 people that died around me. No. So you could put somebody who never came from that and put them in my environment. They wouldn't have no choice but to adapt to it because you're going to either become a product of it or you're going to meet your demise. All right, we have more with G Herbo. When we come back, don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with G Herbo. How would you say that people can help clean up Chicago? How can we fix what's going on there? Because um, you've been there. You 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 lived in the trenches. You've been yeah. through it. How, how would somebody like a politician that's on the outside, how would nah, you advise them to clean it up? That's crazy. It's important because I want to work with the mayor. I want to work with the mayor to, you know what I'm saying, get out here and try to bring the murder rate down because I feel like I got the influence to do it but you have to you got to get people resources you can't really force nobody to get off a corner if you don't have no alternative gotta provide them opportunity you know what I'm saying so it's like that's the first step for sure you know what I'm saying we got to start with the youth I come from youth centers and after school programs and stuff like that so that's why I was important for you know what I'm saying to have a facility in Chicago where we could bring that back because they don't have that no more you know what I'm saying these kids 9, 10, 11, 12 literally doing drugs carrying guns and using them at that age in Chicago. You got to provide opportunities for people, but you also got to put the focus back on, like, the so-called regular job. Like, yeah. these kids got to learn trades, right? Yeah, yeah. You, that's Go meet why the electrician that makes six figures a year. Absolutely. The plumber that makes six figures absolutely, a year. Absolutely, because, you know, you, got, you get to maximize on 
your well, if you get to maximize on your talents early, you get to, you know what I'm saying, really make mistakes and say this for me, this not mm-hmm. for me. So that's why we do have that have that facility. We opening a, a multimedia facility, bro, where we gonna have green screen rooming. We gonna have uh another facility on the side where it's a real art and business incubator. So whatever you want, if you want to do videography, you want to do anything, if you want to be an electrician, like you said, mm-hmm. we could have somebody find the resources, somebody who actually got a, a career, a profession and electrician that's, that's going right. to help you. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that's important. You got to really give people a, a option, an alternative other than being in the streets because that's all they have. It's not what they want to do. It's literally all they have. Do you want to raise your son in Chicago? Is that important um, to you? I kind of, to to be honest, I kind of do. I want him to be able to have that foundation. I want him to be able to see what I had to overcome. You know what I'm saying? And I always say, like, that's why it's important for me to really get back to Chicago because I never take my son on a block I grew up on if it's still dangerous, if it's still a red zone. Like, they really considered the block I grew up on a red zone where the bus stop, the CTA bus stop, they had to move off our corner to the next busy street because your chance of waiting on that bus, you more likely to die. Your chances of getting shot down, just shot up by however many percent. You know what I'm saying? So I, I do want my son to... You know what I'm saying? Get a feel of that because I don't want him to take life for granted. Did you have a father growing up? Yeah, I've okay. been with my father forever. My okay. father, my mom and dad have been together since my mom was 16, my dad was 19. They both in their 50s now. So how do you raise your son differently than the way you were raised? Um, if any. Really, just growing up and seeing everything that my father did, right or wrong, right and wrong, kind of give me a little blueprint to follow as far as raising my son. Um... My dad kind of instilled morals in me early. You know what I'm saying? Be a leader, like that. I didn't even understand. You be a leader, I'm going I'm to kill you. I'll catch you following after somebody like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, he told me that early. I was a kid. Uh, and just being brutally honest with me about, you know what I'm saying, what the world was. So I feel that's the key. You got to be honest with your kids or you they going to end up like Tariq off power. <laughs> <laughs> what have you learned from fatherhood, being a father? Um... I learned a lot. It's not about me no more. I can't be selfish. It's not right. about uh, my emotions, my ego, how I feel about certain situations. You know what I'm saying? I always got to think about my son, and I always got to make sure I'm adding that balance to my life where, you know, my son is one years old. He really be looking for me. He be like, daddy, call my phone and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So I got to keep that in my head and, and really move a certain way because my son is really like about him. It ain't even about me no more. Did therapy help you in learning how to deal with your son's mother, your ex? Like, um, did that help you? Because y'all were having so much back and yeah, forth. Yeah, some kind of therapy. Somewhat, somewhat, but not really. I ain't that. really like, to be honest, I never used to like all the way talk to my therapist about, you know what I'm saying, that kind of stuff. We had a few conversations, but on the, ins- on the outside looking in, I never really like fed into that kind of stuff. I think internally I always tried to do the right thing or the next right thing even when I did make mistakes. So I kind of gave myself the guidance as to like how to set the tone for my son's mom and stuff like that. Now what about the, you know, they said you were addicted to Xanax yeah. and other pills. How, how did you get off that? Was it therapy or was... No, I actually went to a treatment. I went to detox facility. I went to Phoenix. I paid 25000 to go get clean. It was a 30-day process. I heard you went twice. Yeah, I did. That's 50 bands. Yeah. That's, an investment. <laughs> was it, was That's it, a great investment, though. Yeah, you know, you need I, went, I went one time, got clean, and, you know, addiction is real. I got back addicted. And then, you know, but I'm always the guy, like, I ain't gonna lie to you. I do some crazy shit you or know, some bad shit knowing I'm doing it. So even when I started back drinking, like, I knew I was doing some, you know, was I was 
wanted to get away. You felt like I just wanted yeah, to leave. Yeah, I wanted to escape, but it's like, it's not no escape for real. But I'm the type of guy, like, I think when I was doing that, that escape stopped me from really acting off of ration or emotion or something like that or really making a crazy decision, I, I swear. So what do you do now to, like, process your, I guess, emotional pain and anxiety? Um, like, what do you I do? I just lean towards it, man. I ain't gonna lie. I, uh, I always got somebody to vent to, though. That's why my girl be feeling like she be getting, like, you know <laughs> what I'm saying, the, the, the crazy enemy because I, 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 you got to vent to somebody, you know what I'm saying? I always say that the closest person to you, usually your girl or your yeah. wife, they get it the most. They get it the they, most. You, you have all that outside pressure. But that when you energy. Come home, when you come home, you want that serenity, that peace. So it's like you got to let it all out. I'm really swimming with sharks on the day-to-day. So it's like if I don't got peace at home, but it's like I do have peace at home, of course. But I'm saying like she feel like she might get it the most or get it the worst because it's like I don't show my emotion to the world. You That's why I started going I to therapy. I show my though. emotion to people who I care about. I started going because I didn't want to put all of that baggage on my girl. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, Because she got her own things she's yeah. dealing with. No, how does she sure. handle it, though? How, how is she handling it? She handled it well. I ain't gonna lie. She do a good job handling it. Of course, she gotta have somebody to vent to. So. <laughs> it's a cycle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's your advice for brothers in the hood who, who going through these same things, but they, they're not seeking treatment or therapy, or uh-huh. they don't get treated like soldiers do? Yeah. It's really just staying focused bro you don't feel the way you feel for no reason you're not thinking and having these feelings and having these emotions and having this intuition for no reason you know what i'm saying it's a greater destiny out there for everybody to go fulfill you know what i'm saying you got your own legacy and life to fulfill i always me? look at i look at chicago right i look at what what brooklyn was and what harlem was and i had this conversation with dirt a couple of months ago the areas is so effed up in certain areas that mm-hmm. they just letting buildings go and those buildings are nothing. And I'm, I'm trying to tell them, like, reinvest in your own city because mm-hmm. it's going to pop and it's no, so absolutely. close to downtown. Are you investing in the city? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I just, um, my dad did real estate, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, my partner do real estate. I be hollering at my homie Leonard, me and Leonard Fernet, we'd be, like, talking when it come to, you know what I'm saying, investing in it. And I'm, I'm trying to actually buy a building on my block that I grew up on right now as we speak. You made me think of something when you talked about uh, the anxiety and, you know, using it to survive because I was talking to one of my partners, a white guy who's filthy, filthy rich. And he said that growing up, anxiety helped him to survive Mm -hmm. because he knew when to get out of something, he knew when to move, whatever, whatever. But it's like when you get to a certain level, how much of that do you really want to let go? Because we we don't want it all the time, but Mm -hmm. then you don't want to end up in a situation like God God bless the dead of pop smoke or nip, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Um, I feel like I follow my intuition and I know when something is right. I know when something ain't right. Um, so you really don't let it go. I try not to let it go. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I wear my scars proudly. Everything I went through, I went for a reason. I try to find an alternative to not let it get the best of me. But I don't really, I try not to let it go because I feel like when I do let it go, that's going to be the difference in my safety, my success. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I just, I try to wear it all the time, even and when I know I'm safe, I feel like I ain't safe. I use that same drive, that same instinct to really, like, maneuver on a day-to-day basis. I don't move. We got more with G Herbo. When we come back, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. All right, G Herbo. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk growing up hip-hop. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The rumor report. Gossip. With Angela, Angela Yee. It's The Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. Well, I saw some reports saying that Romeo and Master P were leaving Growing Up Hip Hop, even though they're executive producers. Romeo's an executive producer. On the show, I saw on the Jasmine brand that they were saying, according to sources, there was a disagreement with production or with the network. 
And he also had taken it out of his bio on social media. Well, they are on The Breakfast Club, and you'll hear the full interview on Monday, but here is a clip of them discussing their departure from Growing Up Hip Hop. So you guys are not on Growing Up Hip Hop anymore. And y'all know we started the show. <laughs> right. So, uh, but, but, but think about this. It's also about having integrity, and I feel like the show is not going where it used to be. I've been in this business for 19 years. And I'm at a place where it's all about my inner peace. So uh, even with the show, this is about, it's not about the money. I'm the highest paid on the network. But I had to walk away because I can't sell my soul for money. I can't sell my soul for a storyline. So he says a lot more about it, too. But if you recall, we did have Angela and JoJo on The Breakfast Club. And here's what she had to say about their storyline not being fake. After everything happened with me and my child's father and what happened with my son... He was like, I'm going to be there for you. And he said this on TV. So I was like, yo, like, if you say that, and I don't care if we film or not, really mean that. Correct. Because, like, that really means a lot to me, especially with uh, what I have on my plate. And to me, he didn't step up at all. And I'm like, I don't expect nobody to do nothing for me. Like, whatever, it's fine. Mm -hmm. But he didn't step up. Right. And then so we got around time to film, and I hadn't heard from him. So I'm like, let me hit him up, you know, see what's going on, what we doing this season. Silence. All right. Well, Romeo didn't appreciate that, uh, those comments that she made when she was on The Breakfast Club, and he said this. I, saw, I know you saw when Angela Simmons was up here, and she had things to say, too, about being disappointed because you guys had such a strong relationship and you not reaching Wait, we out. had a strong what? Rela like friendship, relationship. <laughs> not relationship <laughs> like that, but y'all have Look, known each other for a long time. I got, I got no problems with those people. So, mm -hmm. you know, for me, I, I want to wish everybody luck. I want to wish everybody the best. I want to uplift people. That's why I, I left the show. It's fake drama. All right. So according to sources, you know, they have no issues or no drama with anybody from the show. They just felt like they wanted to move in a different direction. Guess it's true. All right. Just Blaze. Apparently, according to Just Blaze, he did an interview on Soul Collector's Full Size Run. He talked about the Pump It Up song, Joe Button's Pump It Up song, which he produced. He was talking to, by the way, Trinidad James is one of the co-hosts on that show, along with Matt Welty and Brendan Dunn. He said that song, which he produced back in 2003, was originally about masturbation. Did you know that? Listen to this. You know the original version of Pump It Up was about masturbation? You know how in, in the second verse he's like, my jump off doesn't care if I go out so much. My right. jump off, it originally was, so my hand doesn't worry if I go out so much. <laughs> so the song would have been called Hand. What are you snorting, yo? My, my hand doesn't care. Oh, that's what the name of the song was going to be? No, no, I'm kidding. Oh. Now he was just saying, I guess his hand was his jump off. I, I, it's weird. Doesn't care if I go out so much my hand doesn't worry I tried to call him this morning to ask him, but he didn't something, answer. Some things and you know what's know. crazy? And Royce to 5'9 had tweeted this out back in 2013. He said, Joe Button just told me Pump It Up was originally written about jerking off. That jump off was his hand. Can't say that word. Sorry. You, masturbation it's is two term. words. Anyway, <laughs> here's a that song in case you need a reminder. My jump off doesn't run off at the mouth so much. My jump off never has why I go out so much. My jump off never has me going out of my way. If she don't want nothing on Valentine's Day. My jump off don't argue and get rebellious. If she don't mind hanging out with the fellas. Wait a my minute. Jump not insecure or jealous. I don't know if his hand should be hanging out with the fellas. He said that? <laughs> Can I play that again? If they That's were changing the word jump off to hand, play it again. if it was originally my hand, oh, my, hand. Right, right. my hand. 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 My
And then he was the oh. <laughs> yeah, my hand don't mind hanging out with, with the, the fellas, fellas. would have been kind of wild. <laughs> Not go, back then, because all of y'all had rumors. They go, oh. <laughs> it was rumors about all of y'all. Wow. No, was it? NBT. All right. No. That whole squad. You too. Not the Death Don't forget about Glitter Stick. I got my own rumors now, but I'm talking about back then, Desert Storm had rumors. I didn't have Not no rumors. Not Fab, though. Fab was the only one. I didn't have no rumors. Who? Me. Don't make me tell the story. All right. You had a few. You had a few. You had a few. Uh, now, Charlemagne was on Stephen Colbert last night. And yes, I was. amongst things he discussed was how he can't wait to wear a Trump MAGA hat. That's not what I said. What would Donald Trump have to do for, for you to put on the MAGA hat? Oh, we would all have to realize that, that he was the return of Jesus Christ. Just... <laughs> Just, just here, just here to test. Found out that he was the return of Jesus. Yeah, because yeah, he was sent here to test us. You know what I'm saying? To see how, to see how forgiving oh, we are as human beings. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, to see if we would give Jesus a fair chance if he came in like the worst possible form of a human being. Would you, ex- would you still accept him as your Lord and Savior if he took off the mask and it was Jesus under that Trump mask? Would you still accept him? I'm asking the questions here, Charlotte. That's the only way I would wear the hat if we found out the reason the MAGA hat was red because it was covered in the blood of Jesus. That's the only. All right, and then you talked about uh, who hasn't been on the Breakfast Club of the nominees. Have you interviewed all the candidates? I've interviewed everybody except for Biden and Klobuchar. Okay, are yes. they avoiding you? Yes, uh, I've, I've, I've got it on good authority that black, Biden's black surrogates do not want Joe Biden to come on the Breakfast Club. Really? Yes, but I'm... I'm but you'd going, be nice. You'd be, you'd, you'd, you'd be fair, right? I would be myself. Things are you're fair. I would be fair. You're fair. You're yeah, I'll be fair. I mean, I just got yeah. questions. I mean, I got the same questions that everybody else has. You know, the same things that we, you know, hold Bloomberg accountable for, which was the stopping frisk. I would want to know about the 94 crime bill with Joe Biden. I would also want to know why he can't just simply apologize for it and say he made a mistake. That's one thing I give Bloomberg over Biden. Bloomberg can admit that the stopping frisk was a mistake. Listen, trust me, all you black surrogates around Joe Biden, we are fully aware that you don't want him in on the Breakfast Club. It's gotten back to us. And I respect every Democratic candidate who's come up here because that shows you understand the value of black and brown voters and you are meeting us where we are. Joe Biden doesn't want to do that. All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that's your rumor report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Charlemagne, Mm -hmm. donkey today coming up? Yes, four after the hour. Uh, We need you to know the name. Officer Dennis Turner. We need you to know that name. Officer Dennis Turner, former police officer. Thank God he's a former police officer, but we'll make him infamous for after the hour. All right, we'll get to that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Just don't be a donkey, because right now you want some real donkey stuff. It's time for Donkey of the Day. So if you ever feel I need to be a donkey, man, <laughs> hit me with the heat. Did she get donkey in the day? Please tell me. Absolutely. I have become donkey of the day. Breakfast Club, bitches. You're a donkey. Yes, donkey of the day for Friday, February 28th goes to former Orlando police officer Dennis Turner. Now, I say former because Dennis Turner has been fired, and rightfully so, because this week a newly released police body camera video showed Dennis Turner arresting a six-year-old girl. Now, I have not watched this video. The reason I have not watched this video is because the way my anxiety is set up, that video will get stuck in my head, and me being the girl dad that I am, I will keep having visions of one of my baby girls in that same position, and then I will have visions of me losing my life because an officer would have to kill me. See, I don't know what it is about the uniform, the badge, the gun that makes police officers forget they are human. But every single one of you men who are police officers, you have a mother, you have a sister, you have an aunt, you have a daughter, you have a woman in your life that you love that you would not want to see any harm come to. Not to mention, you officers with kids, man. 
you dads, if you love yours, if you love your kids, if you love your little girls the way I love mine, then I shouldn't have to explain to you, you know, how I feel. Okay, if you have a child, if you are really in your child's life, if you are raising your child, especially a man raising a daughter, then you understand the love a parent has for a child, the love a father has for a daughter, because you are one. With that said, there's no way in hell former Orlando police officer Dennis Turner has kids. If he does, child services needs to pay him a visit because if you can take a six-year-old girl, put her hands behind her back, and put zip ties on her wrist as she screams for help, you are a goddamn sociopath, okay? You have an icebox where your heart used to be. Now, I haven't watched this video like I told y'all. I haven't even listened. Well, I did listen to the audio because the producer played it for me this morning, but uh, before that, I only had read the transcripts. I read what T.I. posted about it, but I am going to play some of the audio now, so if you get triggered easily like I do, if you hear stories like this and you don't want them in your brain because you fear your thoughts become things like I do, turn the radio off, okay? Rejoin us in about eight minutes for the Susie Orman interview, okay? If you want to thug it out with me, though, and listen to this audio, and we just do our breathing exercises later, or, you know, maybe you got therapy scheduled for later today, whatever it is, it's ways to get this out, out your system. But in order to give Dennis Turner the proper credit he deserves for being stupid, let's go to NBC News for the report, please. The arrest happened inside an Orlando charter school. Former resource officer Dennis Turner telling another officer in this video to put a six-year-old in restraints. The incident, captured on body cam last September, unfolding after staff complained the little girl was acting out. You don't want to? The child hauled away to a squad car, begging to be let go. In his police report, Turner said staff wanted to press charges, which the school denies. The video shows employees asking if restraints are necessary. Yes, and if she was bigger, she would have been wearing regular handcuffs. But... Turner then says his latest um, arrest is a new milestone. 6,000 people I've arrested over the 28 years. Seven is the youngest. She's eight, isn't she? She's six. Now she has broken the record. With all charges dropped against the six-year-old, days later, Turner was out of a job. Perhaps a bigger lesson learned at school that day. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Not so fun fact. Do you know Dennis Turner was involved in the arrest of two six-year-old girls in one week back in September? One of them was the girl in this video, and he was fired within days because of it. Now, yes, I'm happy he's been fired, but you have to make people like Dennis Turner infamous, okay? People need to know his name. So when you see his name pop up for future job references or whatever it is he may do in the future, he needs to have resistance, okay? He needs to feel that pressure from the streets, okay? Life should not be easy for this guy, and life won't be easy for this guy because his karma, his energy will always be bad until he gets on his knees and prays for forgiveness, and repents for the trauma he caused this young girl. You are responding to a report that a six-year-old girl had battered. Think about that. A six-year-old girl had battered three staff members by kicking and punching them. If somebody calls a grown-ass adult to a school to respond to a six-year-old who's accused of battery, and that adult approaches the situation the same way he would approach another grown-ass adult, then that's a problem. Okay, you don't approach, you know, a situation like that with malice, anger, or bitterness in your heart. You approach that situation with understanding, love, and empathy. She's six years old, people. Six. One, two, three, four, five. Six. Four plus two, three plus three, five plus one, six, okay? 
To me, this is a classic situation of pain being redistributed. Okay, this cop, Dennis Turner, clearly has issues. He clearly is a hurt individual, and hurt people hurt people. So whatever trauma this cop, Dennis Turner, hasn't dealt with, he passed on to this six-year-old little girl. But F all that, okay? He's been fired, but I really think he needs to be arrested. Okay, for, for, for child abuse, I, I, I don't know, assault on a child, something, okay? I think the school and the parents need to press charges, okay? Him being fired is not enough. That young girl is going to be emotionally traumatized probably forever. Therefore, I need a stiffer punishment for this cop, Dennis Turner, not just the firing, okay? I don't have anything more to say about this. I know there's people out there smarter than me that can figure out what this guy needs to be charged for. I just want the people of Florida to know and the world to remember the name Dennis Turner. Turner, former Orlando police officer, Dennis Turner. If he doesn't get prosecuted by the law well, then the court of public opinion needs to convict him. Please give Dennis Turner the biggest hee-haw. Uh -huh. I mean, I, I don't understand it. He might not have kids. I, I, like, I, I, there is no way it's that possible. you would treat a six-year-old like that. It's possible. It's no way. It's no, I know he don't have kids. I, I mean, listen, I'm not kidding. Uh. I can't say without a shadow of a doubt he don't have kids, but there's no way you got a daughter and you would treat somebody else's daughter I don't think like you that. even have to have kids to know not to do that. I don't know. I, 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 a lack of empathy. I, mean, I, don't, I, 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 I don't understand it. I mean, I, I, I started watching the video and then I just had to stop because I couldn't believe it. I was like, this got to be fake. I can't watch this. There's no way that you take a 16-year-old girl put her in cuffs. She's screaming, please don't put me in the police car. No. Nope, nope, no. All right. Mm-hmm. All right, thank you for that donkey today. Up next, Susie Orman will be joining us. We'll kick it with Susie Orman, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We have a special guest in the building. She's back. Yes, it's indeed. Susie Orman. Welcome back. I'm so happy to be here. You, you you amped up because your book is number one on Amazon? Uh, can you believe it? It came out just, I think it was yesterday, and it's like, it went to number one. What is that about? The ultimate retirement guide for 50-plus hey. strategies to make your money last a lifetime. And before we even get started, you actually told me you're going to do something really special for our listeners. I am, so you better listen to this whole interview to get what I'm going to give you because okay. this is, uh, listen, I know you think I'm here just to sell you my book, just so that you buy this book. I'm not here. I don't care if you buy this book or not. Go to the <laughs> library and take it out, right? What I'm really interested in is that you making the most out of your money. And I get, I get that a lot of you aren't 50. I get that mm -hmm. a lot of you are younger, but I can tell you one thing, your mom and your pop, they're not doing well with their money. Mm. And if you want to really do something, you better listen up to what we have for you later on and make sure your parents listen because when your parents don't have money, no matter what you do with your money, you're going to end up having to take care of your mom and mom and papa and you aren't going to have any money. So this is for everybody, believe it or not. You know, this is the 11th book that I've written. I have over 30 million copies of my books out there. Go ahead, humble and, uh, brag. I'm, I'm going to brag it all the way home because <laughs> <laughs> that's a feat onto yes, it. Yes, it is. It is, it is, it is. And but the only way that that many books are purchased is that the books change the lives of the people that are reading them. And one person tells another person, tells it. There ain't enough publicity out there that could sell that many books. But a good book sells itself. That's right. And mm -hmm. this is a great book. So what's the best way to financially prepare for retirement? Start early. Start early. I know, I know, you're young, you're 25, and you're thinking... I have time. I can start saving. Time is the most important ingredient in any financial freedom recipe. And I'll just give you a very quick example. You are 25 and you put $100 a month away into a Roth IRA. And a Roth IRA is in a retirement account 
after tax. You don't pay, you don't get a tax write off for it. You fund it after tax money. $100 every month in a Roth IRA, and you put it in the Standard and Poor's 500 index fund, and you do it for 40 years with average market returns of about 12% annual average returns. You'll have $1 million by the time you are 65, but you wait. You just wait. Mm-hmm. And you think, $100 a month is $1,200 a year. In 10 years, that's only $12,000. What difference can $12,000 make? You start at 35. All right, everybody. Mm-hmm. What do you think you'll have at the age of 65? You'd have a million dollars if you started at 25. What would you have if you started at 35? What do you think? I would say maybe 600000 What do you think, anybody? I mean, I guess a half a million. I think two fifty. Yeah. Yeah, and they, right, okay. you would have $300,000. Those 10 years cost you $700,000, and that wow. is at $100 a month. Nothing makes up for time. So the key is to do it younger, and I get everybody thinks, I want to spend my money when I'm young. I don't want to be old. I'm about to be 69 years of age in the next three months. And go there ahead, is, Susie. Huh? So go ahead. I'm going high. I'm bragging <laughs> on everything, on my books <laughs> and my everything. As you should. Right. But life starts when you get older, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And I get it that everybody says, don't pay off the mortgage on your home if you're lucky enough to be able to purchase a home, mm-hmm. right? Because that's your only tax write-off. If you're going to stay in that home, can you just pay off the mortgage on your home? There's not one seriously wealthy person out there that has a mortgage on their home, no matter how big that mortgage is. So get yourself out of debt because debt is bondage and you are never going to be financially independent if you have bondage. So at 35, if you haven't been saving, if you haven't done what you need to do, probably you also have debt. Just make it your number one priority to get out of debt. I was telling Susie out there that I just paid off my mortgage for my birthday. Yeah, five, yes. five, five. Here's the problem. Interest rates are at their all-time low. Mm-hmm. The market is still relatively at its all-time high, no matter what's happening here right now. Mm-hmm. Real estate is off the charts everywhere throughout mm-hmm. the United States. So there isn't a lot right now that you can do with your money to get it to help you. Mm-hmm. So you have to help yourself. And the best way to help yourself is by reducing your expenses. When you can't get more from your money, you have to ask less from it. So the best thing that you did, Angela, was to pay off the mortgage on your home. Everyone kept telling me not to do it. Of course, because you want to know why, especially financial advisors tell you not to do it. Because when you take that money and you pay off the mortgage on your home, they don't have access to that money to invest for you. So they can't make money off of your hard-earned money. Mm-hmm. That's why they don't want you to do it, Angela. Yeah, I'm one of those people that I, I, I disagree with, with what you said. But, I mean... What do you disagree with? Um, well, it's, it's a couple of reasons. The um, part about paying off your home? Mm-hmm. And when reason, you're, yeah. And the reason being is is I'd rather take that money, which I'm doing now, and buy other things and invest in other things. Like, for instance, I bought a school... And the return on that school alone is profit is $32,000 a month profit that I use instead of paying off my loan. And then from that, I buy something else that continues to bring me monthly income. I agree totally. But what's the number one goal of money? Don't pay taxes. No. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) To be secure. To be secure, correct. To be secure. Mm -hmm. What made her feel secure is to pay off the mortgage on her home. The more secure she feels, the more powerful she is. The more powerful she is, and that's what matters in life. Mm -hmm. All that matters in life is your own inner power. Okay. Right? right? And so, so the more powerful she is, 
the more and everything's attracted to her and the more money she will make. That so we're really envy. I'm totally in line with you there, mm-hmm. but especially for women, women don't like to speculate. Mm-hmm. Women want to be safe, sound, and secure. Mm-hmm. And if that's what they want to do, that's what they need to do. Absolutely, you got it. All right, we got more with Susie Orman. When we come back, don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning, DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're kicking it with Susie Orman, Charlemagne. So if people never truly retire, what is retirement? Retirement is living your life and doing that which you want. Mm. Right? It's you, like, all right, I'm essentially retired. At 65, I retired. I closed down the Susie Orman show. I stopped, you know, appearing on writing for Oprah. I stopped everything. And I now live on a private island. And I fish most of the days. You do the work you want to do. And I do the work I want to gotcha. do. And yeah. when you I put out want, a book, right? <laughs> and you put out a book. You put, I have a podcast, by the way. My Women and Money podcast mm-hmm. and the men smart enough to listen is so hot, I can't even stand it. Okay. I'm not a boring financial money girl. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm sexy, I'm hot, and I'm good. There you go. And, and the, the point <laughs> is, is Somebody that. Somebody would love to be your ex-husband. Right. With no prenup. Well, I got, I got a wife right <laughs> yeah. there sitting oh, okay. right there. Right. Okay. Do you know I've never been with a man my whole life? Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, my whole life. I always, I popped out knowing exactly who I was and there what you I go. was. From the day from day one. From day one. Do you have a prenup? No, I don't have a prenup. That's not that's not scary to you? No, because when I, I met KT when I was fifty and KT was a seriously wealthy woman at oh, the time that, that I met her. And to this day we've never joined money. My money is my money. Her money is her money. Upon my death, I leave it all to her and vice versa. But after so many crappy relationships, when I met, and even when I had one before that, I didn't know how to draw it up correctly. So it who ended pays up. Who when y'all go out to dinner? It's like who? It, that's a great question. question. Right? It, whoever. It's normally KT. <laughs> <laughs> I have a rule. My rule is if I'm out with somebody that's richer than me, I let them pay because it's disrespectful for me to reach for my wallet. Yeah. Well, that's a good rule, right? Yeah. And when you're usually out with somebody who's richer than you, they normally want to be the ones Absolutely. who play. Right? And um, But KT, <laughs> she's the one who always carries the credit cards I and like everything. I like KT because she also volunteered for you to do some free stuff with me. So you I, betcha. Yeah. KT was like, why don't we do this way. I was like, sure. So you're having a threesome? That's my girl. <laughs> she doesn't charge for threesomes, by the way. No, but we were talking about some other things because next month is Women's History Month and you were just talking about your podcast and we were talking about financial abuse. Abuse. I'm big. I started this podcast because of financial abuse. That was the main reason I started it. I had interviewed seven women and you can see that interview on uh, the hotline.org, which is the National Domestic Abuse Hotline, which I'm on their advisory board. And they were all women who had survived serious domestic abuse. Horrible. And every one of them I'm talking to, and it all started in the same way. Their patterns were identical, and it all started with financial abuse. And I said to them, so you're financially abused? And they go, what is that? Nobody knew what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. And then I decided something's wrong here, because one out of four women in the United States of America are financially abused. And once somebody has control over you financially, it turns from financial abuse to emotional abuse to physical abuse, and good luck ever getting out of it. Listen, I love this book, 
more than and this is the first book I've written in nine years and I love this book more than anything in life especially for those who are 50, 60, 70 and older and if you're younger than that don't go buying this book unless you want to give it to your parents because it's not for you however maybe you want to give it to your parents or maybe you want to listen to it so you have till midnight tonight to go to Suzy Orman Audio that's S-U-Z-E Audio dot com and you can register there and you can get a free download of this audio book and it is 12 hours and 30 minutes of me just ripping it because I didn't go into an audience and just <laughs> read this book to you it was that would be boring I go into this you know the audio booth and I preach to you the entire time I tell you stories that aren't in the book this it's fabulous you'll have 30 days to listen to it because I know you're just going to download it probably and not Go back to it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you 30 days after you've done this today to actually sit your booty down and listen to the advice in this. And it's free. Give them the website again. It's Suzy, S-U-Z-E, Orman, O-R-M-A-N, audio, A-U-D-I-O, dot com. (laughs) Question. Do do finances play a role in who you choose to vote for? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like who's going to do what for the economy type stuff? I'll tell you what. Yes, of course. Mm -hmm. And... And here's the problem, everybody. You gotta vote for somebody who cares about people that aren't just white. And and I don't even know now who to vote for. I mean, I'm totally confused. I mean, obviously, I'm going to vote Democrat. I'd be dead before I voted for a Republican mm-hmm. at this point, being mm-hmm. that the Republican is Trump. I would just kill myself, <laughs> right, before I did that. But I'm so confused now because it's like they're all hating one another. And I hate that. You don't want Trump to win. (laughs) You just don't. Because let me tell you, if you're a kid and you have student loan debt, he has cut the budget so dramatically for student loans that the one future of this country, which lies in our children and their ability to go to school and get an education, he's sticking it to them in the rear end. And if he wins again, and if we lose the Senate and we lose the House, they're going to pass that. Absolutely. They're going to pass that. So if you care about the future of America, if you care about your kids, if you care about them being able to graduate at all a university, you better know where you're voting for. I do a whole podcast on this. Big time, breaking it down. So if you're being honest with yourself, you got a little conservative in you, you got a little liberal Yeah, of course. You, right there Listen, the I'm a capitalist. I don't have a problem Me with too. that. I love making money. <laughs> and I give millions of dollars away all the time. All the time. And and I love that I'm able to do that. That's right. I love that. You know, on, on my death and KT's death, 95% of my estate, and it is a substantial estate, goes to charity. So. Goes to charity. Right, so there's this great charity called uh, See the God World LLC. Yeah, yeah. no, you know, Let's write them in. Didn't, do I, didn't, I, didn't I get an email from you guys a while ago? <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. Oh, it's probably for Change for Change. Was that Change for Change? Yeah, and change. I wrote it every year. Thank you, Susie. Yeah. Well, thank we you, Susie. You. We appreciate that. That went to a good call. So that even went to. Uh, it must have been. Let me see. Brandon Marshall Mental Health no, Foundation. No, this year was. Uh, this year was. Oh, the HBCU. Thurgood Marshall. And is that your favorite charity? We do it. We do we a do different charity. Yeah, yeah. What's your favorite charity? Something, anything mental, mental health related. Yeah. All right. I'll send yeah. you a check for ten thousand dollars to the one you name. No, you don't have. To. Why not? Well, I, I could. Yo, you yeah, know what? Black go. Men Hill. There's an organization called Black Men Hill, and what they do is they provide free therapy 
for uh, black men in the Philadelphia area. All right, fine. You make sure I have the place mm-hmm. to do it, and I'll send you a check tomorrow. Art to Roger P. Henson's foundation. The All right, let's think about foundation. this. No, we don't get it. But really, you just yeah. said, but mm-hmm. that's what mm-hmm. having money... Oh, Goosebumps again. Yeah. So that means if we just did the right thing, right? <laughs> That's what money allows you to do. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So stop, Bernie, with this thing about Bloomberg that he's a billionaire. So whatever. There's only one thing that he said that I really didn't like. Who's that? Bloomberg. Mm-hmm. Right? When he said the other day, he said, Yeah, I have a lot of money and I worked hard for it. Boyfriend, you don't even know what working hard means, <laughs> right? None of us do when you think about the three and four jobs that single mothers that's what, that's have right. to go out right. and do 23 hours a day to take care of their kids. They have to sleep on the floor, and they're all sharing a two-bedroom apartment. Are you kidding me? That's right. That's hard because it's not only are you working, but you're not getting ahead. Well, Susie, we appreciate you Yeah, for we know you us. have to go, but you got to come more often. So. Hey. Like, I got to tell you, I was surprised that, like, the PR person's out there, and she'll tell you the truth. I said, they really want me back? Of course. What do you They're, mean? All well, the time. I'm just saying, because, you know, your audience, you know, I knew the book was 50 plus. I know that's really not your audience. And I'm like, and I don't like to talk to an audience about something that they can't well, use. I don't want to brag, use. but Breakfast Club, 18 to 24, we're like no, top three and 25, 54. All right, so, yes. yeah, so, so you download that book, everybody. You buy that book, everybody. But right. most important, rather ever, you listen to my Women and Money podcast and the men smart enough to listen. Thank yeah, you, so you got to come back because I had a million more questions, so we got to do this more often. All right, sweethearts. All right, thank All right. you. It's Susie Orman. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has Well, I'm sure you guys have seen that Nicki Minaj has been in Trinidad in her native Trinidad and Tobago. You know, it was carnival. Mm -hmm. And she visited the St. Jude's Home for Girls. And here's what she announced. So I want to thank you for your work with the girls. I want to thank you for giving them hope and inspiration. And they've even given me hope and inspiration being here today. And I want to donate $25,000 to help the girls. That's dope. I came to get ideas, and you guys gave me a lot of great ideas on creating a building here in Trinidad where where young people can go to and, and have recreational fun. That is dope. Yes, so that's amazing. So Shout out to Nicki Minaj for that. Got to go home and right and help mm-hmm. out people. All right, so Dr. Oz versus Mark Wahlberg. You guys remember they were having a back and forth about whether or not you should skip breakfast. Correct. And then there was a push-up challenge that was done. Now, according that's to Dr. A, that's Oz, unfair. you should skip breakfast, and Mark Wahlberg says you should eat. Right. So they had a challenge. That's this is so unfair. And here's what happened at the end of it. All right, just first workout with Mark and Mario Lopez. Hey. Um, the whole team's here. What was the most impressive thing about the workout? With regard uh, to me, of course. That you didn't uh, pull out your portable defibrillator and you got in your back pocket. Okay, so. But, you know, Dr. Oz hung in there. I will say that. If you take a look at it, they decided on a race to hang in there. 60 push-ups, right? At first it was 59 for Dr. Oz's ace, but then they decided 60. And Mark Wahlberg won by just a few seconds. No, he didn't. Well, he Mark Wahlberg Mark won by a whole lot, not by a couple of seconds. Two seconds. No, he didn't. But I respect it. I mean, they got a huge age difference. And I thought Mark you were friends with Doctor Oz. That's what I said. It makes sense. Mark Mark works out every day, and he this is what he does. So mm-hmm. it makes sense. 
Well, uh, Dr. Oz felt pretty good about his workout. Shout out to Dr. Oz. He was looking pretty sweaty after that. He said, I can't feel my body, but all worth it to bring Mark Wahlberg over to Team No Breakfast, even if just for a day. All that, and all he did was 59 push-ups. They didn't do anything else? And he was that sweaty, couldn't feel his body for 59 push-ups? Dr. Oz got to come to the gym. I can't even do 59 push-ups, by the way. Mm. (laughs) He tried, man. All Dr. Right. Oz is 59 years old. What do you want him to do? He did assisted push-ups. <laughs> Go ahead, Yee. All, All right, right sir, Steve. you're not on the mic. Relax. All right. Uh, con- congratulations to Drake. His Top Boy series was renewed on Netflix. Mm-hmm. He posted We Back with a photo of the Top Boy scripts. Also, let's talk about uh, Little Baby. He has a new album out today. I know y'all love Little Baby, right? Yep. And he also explained in an interview that he did recently about why he doesn't have any tattoos. He said he never foresaw himself as a rapper. He said a big dope, a big dog dope boy. That's it. Not even just a dope boy. That's why I ain't got no tattoos because I always knew I was going to run my money up and I was going to have to go sit in front of some people to do something with my money. And I didn't want them to look at me like a dope boy. And he also says that he is trying to rap less about drugs. He said, because I done rapped about drugs that I don't even take. People think I take them, and then people take them thinking I take them, like popping perks. I don't pop perks, period. Every now and then I used to take a half of one, but I say it in my raps because I might pop one, and that's what's going on. So here is uh, a little snippet of Little Baby, Emotionally Scarred. A love letter came through the mail. It said I miss you. I ripped it up and flipped with the tissue. Try to forget you. I ain't got nothing against you. We human. We all got issues. But I'm tired of being tired of being tired. That part of me didn't die. I see it then I don't act like I'm blind. I'm confident it won't be one of mine. No emotions come in line. So I tell the truth all the time. Ain't got no sympathy for no one. I admit that I'm rich and I'm lit. Jumping up on stages. I get 200 occasions. But I ain't really the game. Oh, we make them. they trap down. And shout the little baby. I want to hear his new project. I know it's out today. So shout to little baby. Congratulations on another project. Yes. And by the way, did y'all see, speaking of new music, Pretty Ricky, they had released this new single called Body. And did you know minutes after they put that song out, they said it was the number one trending topic worldwide on Twitter. And it was top 10 on the Apple music charts. Did you hear it? Nope. Envy, you might have to start playing this in the mix because people think this song is amazing. Kisses, massage your legs, girl. Then I work my way all over your whole body, leading you to the bed. That's where I lay you down. As I stand back and watch you spread, girl. Oh, nah, nah, nah. Close my eyes and I swear I can hear it. Was he in my room last night? Was he talking about me and my wife last night? Oh, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Sound <laughs> like he described what happened in my bedroom last night. I thought you just meant, was he in your room? No, no, not, uh, yeah, was he watching me uh, and my wife last night? That's what it looked like. That's what it sounded like. Are you into that? All right. No. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report, and that was a great rumor to end with. Goodness gracious. All right. Shout out to Revolt. <laughs> we'll see you guys on Monday. Everybody else, the People's Choice mixes up next. And don't forget, CIAA, North Carolina, we will be out there this week. And, of course, we do our Breakfast Club Day Party, and I will be out there today. Uh, so many different spots. So uh, hit me up on the Instagram to see where we're going to be at. But uh, let's get into the mix. Today, we're going to start off with some LL Cool J. I posted hey. uh, a workout me and LL did like maybe 10 years ago where I threw up a couple of times. Me and him were in the gym working out, so I posted that. So I'm going to play some LL, and then tomorrow is Ja Rule's birthday. 
Okay. He was born on a leap year, so he celebrates. He doesn't get this to shit. celebrate too often. Yeah, he doesn't get to celebrate. So uh, we're gonna play some Ja Rule in the mix as well. So we throw it back on a Friday. Let me know what you want to hear. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now it's Black History Month. It's the last day that we're celebrating because tomorrow we're not here. Yep. So, so who uh, we repping? Gotta celebrate our guy Nipsey Hussle, man. R.I.P. to our guy, friend to the room. Um, Nipsey Hussle hasn't been dead a year yet, but he represents, you know, the new symbol of, of do for self. You know, the same mm-hmm. thing that Marcus Garvey, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad stood for. Nipsey represents for a new generation. And he's truly showed us that life is indeed a, a marathon. The Breakfast Club presents a new Black History Month legend. The actual brand, the name of the brand, obviously, is the marathon. And it just stands for endurance. It stands for staying down. It stands for, like, not quitting accepting the ups and downs of whatever game you commit yourself to and riding it out, you feel me? Because, you know, that's the reality of, uh, you know, success or greatness that it come with a roller coaster ride, you know? So I think that anybody could apply the marathon concept to what they do, if it's sports, if it's fashion, if it's music, um, if it's hustling, whatever, you're just on a, mar- you're on a marathon, you know? So to make that the basis of our, you know, fashion line. I look at it like, you know, we honor the people that ain't quit. We honor the people that stayed down. And that was another new Black History Month legend, courtesy of The Breakfast Club. Definitely rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle. Absolutely, man. All right. Now, when we come back, we got your positive note. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Uh, let me shout out to everybody that's heading out to North Carolina, of course, for CIAA. I'll be out there all weekend. Uh, we start off tonight, uh, today, day party. It's called De La Soul at the Studio Movie Grill. Is De La Soul performer? No. I just, they should have got them. It's just the name of the party, That'd De La dope. Soul. I don't know. I guess, I, I don't know. Me and Louis V will be DJing that tonight. Louis, Louis V. That's my guy, man. And then so I'm at uh, Stats tonight. And then tomorrow is the Breakfast Club Day Party. So uh, this is the last time it's going to be in North Carolina. Then they're moving CIAA. So definitely want to see you. It's our ninth annual party. Louis V is DJing that. That's, a, that's my guy. So we're going to have a lot of fun. Who's my guy, Chris, too, man. Chris, Shout out to Chris, too. Chris, what's Chris. happening? So make sure you head out there. Get your tickets. We're going to have a lot of fun at CIAA this weekend. Uh, I've, I've been uh, working very hard this whole week eating right. So when I go to North Carolina this weekend, I'm going to have everything I'm not supposed to be eating. The food is so good in North Carolina. So just let you know. the Carolinas, man. Yep. Come on now. All right. Well, we'll see you guys on Monday. Charlamagne, you got a positive note? Yes, man. Um, the positive note is simple. It comes from uh, Booker T. Washington. I think this is a great way to end uh, Black History Month. It's a simple quote. Three words. Character is power. Breakfast club, bitches. You all finished or y'all done?